Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Something Something Podcast. My name is Eric Kasloff, and with me, as always, is Larry Sands. Party on, Larry. Party on, Eric. Party on. Party on. Larry, how have you been, good sir? Oh, man. You know, it's... uh, I've been okay. I've been okay. Um, You know, actually... uh, it jazzes me up, man, every time I know we have a, a show that we're doing because it, it kind of lifts my spirits a little bit. Um, because, Eric, I can't – We now, we're working on something that we can't really talk about, right? Not yet. But um, it's, it's pretty exciting because, okay, number one, you know, it just seems a little well, bit we better. Could, we that. could hint at it. You want to? Yeah. Um, me and Larry are writing a book. <laughs> Wow, you, that way you didn't really hint that well. You were well, just well, like, you could we say right we're, into the working, we're, we're working on something that could mean a lot of things. Now there's at least something there. <laughs> you know what? We got to put, you know, just like when we talked with Sasha, right? We, yeah. we got to put it out there. We put it out to the world, world, podcast world, iTunes. We're on iTunes now. Hello, iTunes. Hello, iHeartRadio, Spotify. Um. We are actually writing a book. We are full on writing a book. We had we had a writing session a couple nights ago, and uh, I like it. I like being creative. I'm really happy with the thought. The hardest thing for me is going to be I'm used to writing screenplays. I know that format and all. It's going to be really trying for me. I mean, I read. You know, I I read a lot. Well, not that. Yeah. Okay, here. Before here's the first tangent. Sad note: this year, <laughs> in this year, movies released in 2019. I've seen 52 movies. Yeah. You know how many books I've read? How many? Six. You know that's pretty good, though. Okay, and uh, admittedly, Eric, you know me. I, I guess I'm neither uh, a movie watcher nor a reader. <laughs> But hey, you know, I like, we always like doing silly stuff on the show. So this is one quick silly thing that we're going to segue into our guests. So okay, the perfect. book I, I just finished yesterday, and man, it was awesome, was Ernest Klein's Ready Player One. You know, Spielberg did the movie about it. It's set in the future, but everyone is obsessed with the 80s because they want to win this video game contest. Now, somewhere in the book, or I think it was in the trailer, they, the, well, in the trailer, and then the movie, the Van Halen song, Jump, plays. Okay, yes. Now, yes. I love Van Halen. I, I'll say this, David Lee Roth? Yeah. Better front man than Axel. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, but now here's, wait. Here, that's wait, wait. Show, but here's the thing I got to talk about before we get to our <laughs> guest, Larry. Okay. This is an actual. Now, the whole song is very kind of braggadocious. Yes. Except for one line. Okay. Okay, so you see me standing here. I got my back against a record machine. I ain't the worst that you've seen. (laughs) Yeah. Picture him talking to a girl, you know, all male vibrato and all that. Well, hey, I mean not the worst guy you've seen it's like <laughs> i was listening you know to what i mean 
Those yeah. aren't only lyrics that's stuck in my head. Like, well, you know, you, you could do worse. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I wonder if, if they just needed something. And who wrote that? Was it, was it David Lee Roth? Um, Axel, Alec. Oh, Eddie and David all wrote it. Okay, I wonder. I wonder if and see this would be a thing. Obviously, if if it was meant to be like, hey, hey, let's just put this in here. I'm, I'm the worst that you've seen. That right? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so that's one of those. Yeah, I'm, and actually, we could probably do a whole show just on like lyrics of songs that stick we out. We did one pilot episode, but it was unfit for air. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> it just got bad. Um, let's introduce our guest and ask him what he thinks about that one episode. I'll, I'll see if he thinks it should go on. <laughs> okay, perfect. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, kids of all ages. We would like to welcome this week to the Something Something podcast. He is, I think he still loves acting, although I, this is what I really have been wanting to talk to him about. He is, he is an actor, he's a novelist, he's a playwright, and an all-around, um, he's an all-around good guy. Because before we started, uh, we got to talk to him a little bit, but I'd like to introduce him to, the, to our audience, Mr. Jan Knotson. Is that correct, Jan? Is that how you pronounce your last name? That is perfect, Larry. Oh, yes. Wow, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight, Jan. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's, uh, it's an honor. Well, thank you very much. Um, so, Jan, let's, <laughs> I, I'm kind of interested because, you know, before we actually started recording, we, we talked a little bit, and I, I've been wanting to ask you because your, I think your story is kind of like mine, where I started out as an actor. Um, and then yeah. I got burned out. Uh, so I, I absolutely felt, you know, while I was reading your bio, um, how, what it's like, and it's so true. Um, but then that's when you turn to, uh, writing. You know, what I found about writing, uh, with acting, it, it, you've got to have people to act with. I mean, you can work on monologues until you're blue in the face, but it, you, you don't get that good feeling and, uh, unless you're working with other actors. And, yeah. uh, you know, those downtimes are uh, rough. And uh, I find writing, you know, uh, I, well, you can do that anytime, you know. Uh, and you don't need anybody else necessarily. <laughs> nice to have somebody, but you know, I have my my dog Sheba right here next to me. <laughs> That's and what kind of dog is he? Sheba it was a street mutt that got run over in front of our house in Laredo, Texas. Wow! And uh, we had to take her actually to San Antonio for the surgery because uh, oh nobody God. in Laredo could do it. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> oh. And she's a great dog. Yeah. So, uh, I have a Yorkie named Chewy. Chewy, okay. that's a great name. Like Star, because I'm a huge Star Wars fan. And oh, he, he has pretty much taken over my house. <laughs> yeah. 
really has. There's yes. times when, you know, my he'll stay in the living room with my mom, but then he'll come to my room and start barking and bothering me. He'll wake <laughs> it up and go in the living room just so we're in the same room together. Yeah, my dog scolds me. Sheba <laughs> scolds me when, you know, it's time to go for a walk. You know, it's, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it's too early. <laughs> That's fun. Oh, okay, so I got to throw in, uh, we've got a little dog. She is a multi-poo. Her name is Cupcake. Uh, and no, I did not name our, our little dog Cupcake. It was my daughter. And, and at, one point, at one point in time, we go, why did you name, name Cupcake Cupcake? She goes, because that was my favorite food. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I love your daughter. <laughs> My thing was this, if I was to have named my dog like a little, you know, girly name like that, my thing would have been, I would have to have worked out in the gym constantly till I look like I'm on steroids, <laughs> tattooed, just so I could walk around with a little poodle going, come on, cupcake, let's go. <laughs> okay, so this is very fitting, and because Jan... Here's the thing. I know we're kind of starting maybe towards like like maybe a quarter, like a fourth of a way through your your writing career, but um, which is good that we're talking about dogs because you actually wrote a radio play. I did, yes, called the and, Dogs Barking. And and what is that? Because uh, obviously you love dogs. I do. I do. Uh, I love all animals, but dogs are special in my heart. Uh, I can't pass a dog without wanting to say hello and pet him and get to know him. Uh, I had another dog, my dog Alex, who loved all human beings, even people who were afraid of dogs and <laughs> he would want to go up to them and they'd be like backing off and he'd look at me like, what did I do? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what did I ever do to you? <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> what, um, what was your inspiration um, for the dogs barking? For the dogs barking? Well, uh, if you promise not to tell my family, I'll tell you that, <laughs> that it's autobiographical. <laughs> Oh, okay. Uh, at the dogs barking, when I was a kid, we were in Laredo, Texas, without air conditioning when I was growing up. Mm. If you can imagine that, when it's, yes. you know, 95 at midnight. God bless your heart. <laughs> I could hear dogs in the distance as I lay in my bed, and one would bark, and then another one far farther away would bark and then another one farther away than that and then they'd be communicating with each other and uh you know it it was it was a rather lonely sound and it encapsulates the the uh the journey of this character the character of jason kelly he uh grow up grows up with uh a considerable psychological abuse from his siblings and uh you know he has to he spends the rest of his life learning to overcome all those demons that have been instilled in him Mm. and uh and the dog our dog our family dog was my one best friend in the family 
Mm. Mm. Wow. And so what, so obviously, and now we've kind of actually, we did pick up in the middle of your writing career. Um, but obviously, and I could hear it actually, as you, as you recount your story. Um, number one, here's what I observe. I think, I think probably you're, you're a pretty good actor and most, most definitely you're certainly a pretty good writer because of the way that you sound and the way that you, you have your, like your little speech patterns. And I mean, you just kind of filled up. So. (laughs) Well, you you know, Larry, um, what actually, uh, prompted me to write the, the novel that uh, is the subject of this interview, The Id Paradox, was uh, opportunity, the, the rare privilege I had to play Richard III at Columbia University in New York. Oh, wow. And uh, if you saw me gushing over my dog and uh, all dogs and little kids, and you would never believe that I could play that role. But I did it, and I did it well enough that the chairman of the theater department personally came to thank me. Uh, and uh, uh, the other... Uh, encomium I received was that I, I, some of the people in the audience said that I actually scared them. Wow. Wow. So I thought, you know, I, I, I couldn't do that role that well without having that, uh, you know, and for those people listening who don't know Richard the third, Richard the third was the consummate sociopath. I mean, he was a murderer. And he kills, you know, people without a second thought. He even had two children that stood in his way to the crown murdered. Uh, So, uh, you know, and the the strange thing is that I found doing that role really thrilling, actually liberating. And I thought, my gosh. Do I have that in me? Does everyone have that in them? It, it is, you know, there's a Star Trek episode with uh, uh, where Kirk is separated into the good Kirk and the evil Kirk. Yeah, one of my favorite episodes. Isn't that a great episode? And the 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 conclusion to the episode is that he needs both those parts to be the tremendous, incredible, dynamic Captain Kirk. Ooh, this is heavy. So, yeah. Well, I don't mean to to bring us down. It. I no. mean, there's no. fun in this novel. In oh, the well, paradox. Well, but, uh, so let's talk uh, talk a little bit since you brought it up, and and I think you're absolutely right, and it's heavy in a good way because I think, look, there's that yin and the yang, right? You got to right. have the good w- with the bad, and you can't have one without the other. Exactly. And, yeah. Um. So let's talk about a little bit, actually, a lot about because you wrote this book. Um. So tell us about it, because now you got me intrigued um, because it was the like a big push or a big um, what am am I trying to think of? Uh, It's based on your experience 
right? With Richard III. Yes. Yeah. So that's so, what yeah. inspired it. So how did you, well, first of all, let's, let's talk a little bit about what is the book? What's the book about? The id paradox is, uh, well, <laughs> it's in a capsule form. It's about evil, but it's, it's really three friends who, uh, love each other, Jake, Artie, and Connors. And, uh, they, when they, uh, graduate from high school, they go on a canoe trip down the Rio Grande in Big Bend National Park. And, you know, they're, you know, they've got the typical testosterone poisoning, you know, we, we're immortal, we can do anything. But they run into, and I did this trip uh, uh, through the Santa Elena Canyon in, in Big Bend uh, so that I'd know what I was talking about. And they get to wow. this place called the uh, the Room of Doom or, or the Rock Slide. And it's where a whole piece of the cliff just fell into the river and there are huge boulders and sharp rocks and it's really uh, definitely a number six uh, on the scale of uh, uh, dangerous uh, places to canoe and they're unprepared for it and they are turned, twisted and turned and uh, overturned and they lose everything. They lose the canoe, they lose all of their supplies and now they're stuck in this massive canyon with walls on either side that stretch seemingly to infinity. And, uh, you know, they're scared, they're uh, desperate. They're isolated. No one. It's June. No one is in the West Texas desert in June, yeah. except them. Oh. Uh, it's 110 and above degrees, and they're going down the river. They can't drink the ri river water. It's it's too polluted, and they have no food. And as the hunger gets to them, they become more and more irritable and short-tempered. And finally, something happens, and I can't give away what happens because okay. that would – giving away the, the – uh, taking it away from the reader, you know? Yes, you've hooked me. Okay, good. Well, Jake, find, in this occurrence, he finds – in himself the ability to kill and it terrifies him and the most horrifying terrifying thing about it is that he realizes that that moment was a real thrill Ooh. and he spends the rest of the story uh, trying to accommodate that part of himself that is so terrifying to him. Now, what happens to Jake is nothing compared to what happens to Artie. Now, the, the, the story is really focuses on the relationship between Jake and Artie. It's kind of a big brother, little brother relationship. 
Artie is kidnapped by a drug cartel, tortured for ransom, tortured for information they think he has that he doesn't, but he lets them think that so that, that because if they don't, they'll just kill him. Well, uh, Jake and Connors think that he was killed. They figure he's dead. Then they find out that he is rotting in a prison in a, a just a, a horrible conditions. And they hatch a plot to, to rescue him. That plot is harrowing, uh, I've got to say. Uh, but they succeed in rescuing his body. Oh. But his spirit is completely shattered by his experiences. And the second part of the story is about trying to piece back together his broken spirit. Oh, God bless America. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. You, uh, Eric's right. You sold me even at the first part. Yeah, you had me in the first paragraph. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thanks. I'm, I'm so gratified by that. How in the world does a guy like you and your right thinking and you're a, you're a normal guy how and and actually obviously this is maybe like an actor thing too but how how in the world did you come up with that story um yeah what was that's a million dollar question <laughs> i you know i i sit out on my deck with sheba and i just kind of let my mind go crazy and I, I have a notebook there and I jot down notes and I write some dialogue and you know maybe you write a bit of narrative and then something else hits me and somehow I, I guess just the uh, oh what is the word uh <laughs> You know, this is terrible for a writer to say he can't come up with the right word. Uh, but free associating, you know, I free associate. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. And uh, somehow it comes. I, you know, I had two friends uh, that were, you know, these are very vaguely based on uh Plus, you know, I grew up on the Mexican border. I was about a few blocks from the Rio Grande River. Uh, so, you know, just across the river is Mexico. And so I know something about uh, drug cartels. And, uh, you know, uh, I've had friends who were sheriffs and I've had friends uh, who were in who wound up in jail and I've had friends who were sheriffs that wound up in jail. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Down there. Yeah. 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 Down in the Valley. It's a, uh, it's a whole other world. It's like the wild West really. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Pretty hey much. everybody. Eric yeah. Kasloff here. Just want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by audible.com. Audible.com has more audiobooks than I could count. And they're going to give you a free 30-day trial. 
All you got to do is click the link in the description or go to the URL audibletrial.com slash something something and you get your very own free audiobook. So, Dan, it's very interesting the way that that you say you go out and you just start writing and you let let your mind take you where you want. Um, do you um, do you once you get to the point? I mean, I'm sure when you do that, you you take a bunch of notes and you have a bunch of notes and ideas and and dialogue. Oh, yeah. I mean, is that like, does it become a piece in the puzzle or by that time, do you pretty much have your, your ideas obviously written down? Um, do, are, do you know where you're going right when you sit down to go, okay, you're compiling everything? I, yeah. Not, not really. Um, you know, sometimes uh, my second novel, And Ye Shall Be As Gods, uh, you know, it fell together. You know, I started with the idea of, of uh, uh, God, having a little sister who is, you know, just by, uh, dis- disabled by her uh agoraphobia and and her fears and uh that's about all i had when i started it and uh it came together i you know I, the uh the brother uh goes to new york to teach he he first of all he's a public defender and and has a horrible experience there so he quits the law and goes to new york city to teach and his uh, uh his students put him in the hospital and he meets a uh survivor from a concentration camp and uh the survivor tells him his story and you know it just goes on from there uh wow how many books uh have you written seven is that correct no i've written seven full-length plays oh that was it okay okay yeah i've written four novels oh my god and i'm working on a fifth what is the difference? And obviously, um, Eric is going to find out pretty quick because, as you heard, we're 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 working our, on our own little book. But um, yeah, what what is the big difference? Would you say between being a, a novelist and a playwright? Novels are freer, you know. Uh, um, plays. Uh, uh, movie scripts—they—they they take, you know, you—you uh, you can't just go off and and uh, write whatever. Uh, you know, it's—it's it's got to come together and and work toward coming together in the end. Uh, but I try to do that in my novels as well. Uh, I like to have, uh, you know, I really admire people like uh, Khaled Husseini, the the Afghani who who came to the United States, became a doctor, and then wrote novels. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> or uh, uh, Pat Conroy, the way you know everything is working and you're wondering how, where is this going to go? And it all comes together at the end. That's to me, that's so satisfying when that happens. One thing I've, um, 
I'm I'm a, a filmmaker. I'm when I write, I mainly work in the horror genre. So I'm, <laughs> this will make sense in a second. <laughs> Sitting down at a typewriter and going interior spaceship for a script is <laughs> never going to happen for me. <laughs> but for a novel, you know, I could do an armada of right. zoom in. Yeah. Uh, when I was in film school, my favorite day was pitch day in screenwriting class because people would get up, first-time writers, no name, and they would pitch these multi-billion dollar original spec scripts thinking, I'm going to go out there and make it with this $500 million script that no one's heard of me. But the studios, they're going to take a chance on an original spec script by me. But again, with a novel, you know, you have all, even with a play, there is a little bit of, whoa, you know, where can we actually do this play? But when you're writing, again, you can write Hogwarts all you want, you know? Write what? Hogwarts, the Harry Potter school. Oh, right. Yes. (laughs) I wish I could. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) What um, when so you're th- writing, do you do a lot of outlining? Because I outline everything, and I do. I go through three outlines: a paper, uh-huh. a, I do a paper and pen outline, an index card outline, and then one more paper and pen outline. Okay, well that's interesting because I start with just the the free associating and and uh, writing this and that, and then as it starts to connect, things start connecting, I'll probably write an outline of where it might go. And then I'll do a lot more free associating and it's taking a little more shape. And, you know, after, oh gosh, weeks, months, maybe I'll do another outline and, uh, you know, it, it just starts to gel that way. What kind of actually it just came to my mind. It's almost like you guys are almost like detectives. Um yeah. in, in a way. And you know how like when you watch TV show or like CSI and they've got like the little like the pins on the wall and then like little strings tied right. to, to try to connect lot. things. Mm-hmm. What is it? I pretty much do that with my index cards and my bulletin board. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's always interesting um, to me to hear Eric and 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 guys like you, Jan, and girls uh, that come on and have such a creative mind. Um, so, first of all, hats off to you. Uh, well, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, what do you do? Um, do you push a story or do you let it find you? Hmm. Boy. Uh uh, you know, no, I, I, you know, most of the, the, the novels I've written and the plays I've written, I wrote a play about uh, desegregation in the early 60s because I happened to be acting in one. <laughs> this guy had written a, a story of the desegregation of Charlotte, North Carolina, where I live, and I wasn't really taken by his 
play. And so I wrote one of my own. Uh, you know, it just occurred to me, you know, there was an incident where uh, it, when the schools were integrated, there was a male uh, African-American and a female Caucasian who wanted to go to the prom together. And that caused a furor, and uh, they had to cancel the prom. And so from that, I wrote a play. Wow. Wow. And it's always interesting because I think with acting, it's different because we take in our surroundings and we use, you know, our feelings, I guess, um, Mm -hmm. a lot. But but writers, uh, you guys, you guys are really observant to the world uh, and things that are going around, but also so in touch. We try to be. Yeah. Oh, no, no, believe me. It sounds, I mean, just from this conversation alone, my mind is blown. And I'm I'm looking up your books um, and I'm just, I'm amazed at the the creative um, art that you have, uh, that you have done. Um, You're welcome. Um, Let's go back a little bit. Uh, and talk about um, what inspired you to be an actor. What what came first? Was it acting or the no, uh, playwright or novelist? No, uh, it started with acting. Uh, uh, it runs in the family. My uh, paternal grandfather wanted to be a professional actor. And, you know, back in those days, his father said, the only people who are professional actors are gypsies and whores. Wow. That's kind <laughs> you of will like, not. You're right, right. And and actually, just to throw in, kind of like in Texas, if you wear earrings, never mind, never mind, never mind, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. But yes, continue, please. Well, and, and so he uh, became a banker and started the Laredo Little Theater. Oh, wow. He was the founder of it. Oh, my God. Uh, and, uh, you know, it really started. It's an inter- pretty interesting story, actually. When I was like seven or eight years old, I asked my father if we could listen to uh, the Barber of Seville on his old hi-fi. Uh, no stereo back then. <laughs> and he said, no, there was something he wanted to watch on television. I thought, well, now that's strange. He never wants to watch television. It was the uh, Maurice Evans, Dame Judith Anderson, Macbeth. For some reason, it was on TV. Huh. And I was hooked. <laughs> I wanted to play Macbeth from that moment. Wow. <laughs> wow, that that's always interesting that moment that that the acting or the writing the creative bug. Um so how how did how did your acting career come about? Well, uh, there was a, a hiatus in there. Um my all of my, I, I have four older siblings, or um, and uh, they were <laughs> very dismissive of my ambitions to be an actor. So I put it out of my mind, went to college, and majored in psychology. But then uh, I saw this. Uh, 
course in the English department, which was the play, reading, criticism, and performance. I thought, well, okay. So I took it. And, uh, uh, you know, I was very much uh, appreciated. Uh, my performances were. And, uh, you know, I, I did that course about four times, actually. I, there, There's a, a summer program called Shakespeare at Winedale uh, that the University of Texas at, at Austin offers. And uh, I did three summers, one long term and three summers. And after that, I said, well, I've got to go to either New York or L.A. if I want to do this. So I went to New York. And, uh, boy, I was not cut out for the big city. Oh, man, that was just, uh, uh, you know, I, I, actually, I cover that in the dog's barcade. You know, my first apartment was this basically a tomb. <laughs> <laughs> where, you know, the, the, you know, every time I opened and closed the door to it, uh, roaches would crawl in and oh, out of the jeez. Oh, Oh, and they, I would feel them run across my face when I was trying to sleep. Oh man, now, it was horrible. I, I got to say, I got to jump in here now. There's people living in New York right now, shaking their head, going, "Golly, he's hey, right." I'm 20 man. minutes away, and I'm shaking my head. Yes. <laughs> everybody's first apartment is a pit, <laughs> you know, uh, you just try to ride it out. And, you know, I, the city taught me, I got up at five o'clock every morning, got the New York times, you know, at that time you could get an apartment from the newspaper and I would go to a, a diner and uh, found a, an apartment, a decent apartment, you know? Yeah. The school of hard knocks. It was. What what kind of acting at that time um, did you get into? Because that uh, when were you in New York? From seventy seven to eighty seven. Oh wow! Wow! So so it's kind of like it was still the Dor Wild West there then. <laughs> right. Yeah, that was oh, like God. when it was Taxi Driver back then. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Uh, and and women didn't wear any jewelry on the subway because wow. it would be snatched, you know. Wow. Yeah. It so, was pretty wild. So there you are, you know, this, this small town kid, very small town. Actually, like the smallest, you know, not around, but I mean, Laredo's is, you know, pretty, pretty mild compared to New York. Yeah, um, boy. How much, how much stuff, acting stuff did you use? And actually, I should ask you this. Um, what, what method do you, or did you do? Or do oh, you uh, I was definitely Stanislavski. Aha. Uh -huh. So you used a lot of your stuff. Oh, then. you betcha. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's my kind of guy. It'll drive you crazy though, but that's my kind of guy. Yes. Non-actors. Could you explain that? Um, well, you try to personalize everything. You try to find things in your yourself, your history, that personalizes the uh, 
the situation, the conflict, the situation, your character, everything. Uh, you know, my teacher said there there are six main things. Where am I coming from? Where am I going to? What is my emotional state of being? What is my physical state of being? And what am I fighting for? What do I want? Uh, you know... Uh, so that that's basically the method is is uh, trying to make it personal. <clears throat> so when when did you because you've had like some you were you were very successful in terms of being a working actor, correct? <laughs> well, <laughs> and, I, I was a lot more successful here in the southeast than I ever was in New York. I mean, I. I had a week on Another World. I had a day on Search for Tomorrow. Uh, I did, you know, uh, the Richard III at Columbia University and, and some other stuff. But, you know, uh, the only things I got paid for were those soap operas I did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, it is weird. And, you know, thinking back and, and hearing you talk and, and like a lot of our guests, I mean – it's hard to think that that you're successful because you know when when you want to do like the acting thing or filmmaker we always base our success on yeah right i mean i'm not on tv yeah right i'm not on fill in the blank right. you know, yeah. yeah as opposed to going you know i was on a commercial i was on a several commercials and then i went on a couple of big auditions and i landed a couple of indie films and then i got burned out and then i did another film and now well, I'm, you know, me, as long as you actually have the guts to actually you know go for it. an audition to me that makes you a success <laughs> well that's that's a great way to look at it i my hat's off to you that's absolutely <laughs> a good way to look at it well, yeah. with anything, you know, like a lot of people could sit down and say, you know, I'm going to write a book and then never do it. You know, I have yeah. way more respect for people who have written a book that they never tried to publish way more than people who just daydream about yeah. wanting to write books. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's true. Um, uh, when, did the, uh, when did the writing bug kind of take hold? You know, I got involved with uh, a group that was doing uh, radio dramas on the Internet. It was called Actors Seen Unseen. Ah, that's cool. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, I did a lot of acting with them. And I I thought, well, you know, maybe I could do something uh, uh, autobiographical drama for voices. You know, actually, I think I had already conceived of that idea, you know, doing a a drama for voice. And I said, uh, this would be perfect for actors seen unseen. And I sat down and started, you know, going through all of the hell I've been through. (laughs) We've all been through, you know, and uh, and just putting it down in a dramatic form. Wow. That's where it started. How how nervous were you at that point going, I don't know if I should put this stuff in here? Yeah. Did, did you have oh, any yeah. thoughts like that? Oh, gosh, yes. Oh, sure. Uh, 
uh, you know, I, I wondered, well, I, you know, I never imagined when I was first writing it that it, it would go anywhere. Mm. Uh, you know, maybe on Actors Seen Unseen, you know, uh, uh, you know, a radio audience, but that, you know, I, <laughs> I was certain it wouldn't get back to my family. Uh-oh, it did? <laughs> yeah, actually, Ooh. actually, I I mistakenly mentioned to a cousin oh, that oh. I, I was doing a reading at at uh, book people in Austin, Texas, and uh, all of a sudden, <clears throat> everybody, uh, my <laughs> brother, cousins, you know, had read it. Oh uh, well, oh no, so it oh goes. no. Oh no. Um, oh my gosh. What a wonderful, uh, uh rich, full life uh, you have had. Um, and I'm you know, obviously it's not over. There's more to come, but up until now, I mean, how are you still driven by your creativity? Absolutely. Um, you know, if I don't sit down and write at least five days a week, uh, I, I just feel awful. Wow. Uh, kind of empty, you know. Uh, sometimes, you know, I take uh, uh, breaks every now and then. I have a, a cousin whose company I I just enjoy uh, to beat the band. She lives uh, in a suburb of Atlanta, so I'm not that far away. Should be four and a half hours. It's usually seven hours, but uh, you know. and you know my dog Sheba loves it there. She is just happy as she can be. My cousin has two little dogs, and uh, she uh, my and she spoils my dog like crazy. So she loves being down there. So I go down there as often as I can. Uh, basically, when I go down there, I do some of the promotional work that I should be doing, that I hate doing, that has got to be done, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what I'd like to do, and and this is, you know, this is kind of like it's a running thing with all our guests that um, I would like to open up an invitation to you to talk about how you go about some of your promotion and PR work and how you do it. And especially like um, for a, an established writer, uh, like getting your book published and, and what that was like. So I, I would, I would personally like to invite you back on to, to talk about that stuff. Whenever you have time. That would be wonderful. I would jump at the chance. Excellent. Excellent. I, I, I tell you, you know, it, it, when, when the good ones, when we have a good interview, it just seems like it goes so fast. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it was an absolute blast having you on, Jan. Uh, it like, was a blast being on. Whenever you want to come back on, the door is always open to you. Uh, all of Jan's social media stuff will be in the um, description in this video, in this um, podcast. Um, definitely go out, buy a copy of the book. It sounds awesome. Actually, and, and the artwork is amazing. The artwork is, and where can you get your book? Oh, Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble, uh, you know, on, on, uh, uh, at, at, 
dot com places uh, yeah. yeah definitely or you can just go to a bookstore if you prefer that and ask them to order it ah beautiful beautiful um Jan I just want to say thank you for for sharing your time for sharing your life and your creative in your creative work with us tonight thank you very much thank you so much Larry for having me it it has been a blast well everybody um we hope you enjoyed this episode and have a happy and safe weekend <laughs>